Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome. Welcome. To the Haunted Estate. Hello, and welcome to The Haunted Estate, here with your host, Selena Spooky Boo. And Joel. And how are you? I'm good, how are you? But how's them? How are you guys? You look good today. Looking right at you guys. Did you fart when you woke up? I know they did. You know it too, right? Because we're psychic. I, I just can feel it. I felt, actually, the ground shook. All the way from where they are? Yeah. To us? Yeah. Do you think farts are ghosts of our body movements? Yes. They're ghosts of our food been eaten? Yes. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Do you like my glasses? Sorry, ask again. Do you like my glasses? No, before that. Do you think farts are food ghosts? In between that. I don't remember. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So many things. So many things. Do you like my glasses? I do like your glasses. I ordered these like around Christmas time and I was like, this is ghost hunting equipment. They were supposed to be uh, night vision goggles. I didn't realize... That it was a child on the box. Oh, they're not. They don't do shit. They're not real night vision. I didn't even put batteries in them because I'm like, this is not night vision. Like, how much were they? I think they were like forty bucks. Ah, that's or an 50. expensive toy. And I was like, it's cool because they're night vision. That's I'm gonna e- go in a forest. That's an expensive toy. Yeah, but they're not. They're oh. they're trash. You gonna go into to a forest at nighttime? We went in a forest today. Yeah, we did. Can we talk about our? <laughs> we 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 went to film a TikTok video. We did. We we were at the thrift store. We were like, okay, we, our favorite breakfast place is closing. Rest oh. in peace, Miss Woodstock. I made TikToks. I made Instagrams trying to save this place, but my heart breaks. We did not come through strong enough, and now Miss Woodstock, after like thirty something years, it was open before we were born. We've gone since we were born, is now going to close next week, which destroys my whole soul and my asshole at the same time. In like six days. Yeah, like we go multiple times a week our whole life. Man, it's sad. Yeah, we went today. The bacon was already different. It was actually gross. Um, we didn't even need it. I don't know what it was. Didn't taste like bacon. Why fuck with a good thing? Do you know what I mean? Who's going in there though? They're great people. I'm excited to see what they do. But if they get rid of, like, the only reason I stayed in Woodstock, moving. The only reason we live in this town is because of Miss Woodstock. Because of this breakfast place. (laughs) 
anyways after that i was like i need to pick me up can we go to a thrift store and joel's like heck yeah and then we went up to the thrift store and joel's like if it is not open i'm going to die it wasn't open it wasn't open. so we went to goodwill but we must have been pulled to goodwill you know what i mean because mm. they were the sandbag people do you remember those in the 90s the sandbag people they're like little clowns and little sandbag. characters i and mean sandbag sandbag people again sandbag people one more time sandbag, sandbag people <laughs> There's Adam in the other room. So we got these and I was like, I have an idea for a TikTok. And Joel's like, why are you so creative today? So I'm like, let's put good juju into these and let's hide them in the forest. So we put good luck juju in these sandbag people and we went in the forest to hide them and got stuck in a rainstorm. It was the most beautiful sunny day in the world. Ever. And it was weird because then we had like this Jesus statue and Joel was like, we're going to hide Jesus. And then it was like, the and it was like big, big thunder. So... I don't know if we should have bought that statue. Oh, my glasses are fogging up. I got to pop these off. So, like a completely unrelated, really weird thing. My belly button is itchy all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> have you like brought forth like... Just like an itchy belly button all of a sudden. Oh, my ears. If everyone at home could just imagine itching your belly button right now, because my belly button is itchy. Okay, I'm going to itch my belly button. Itching my belly button I don't think right I've now. ever had an itchy... Do you dry in there good? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I take a shower once a week. I always dry in there at least once a week. You dry in there once a week? Yeah, have with really, my weekly shower. Have you ever just stuck your finger deep in your belly button and then smelled it? Uh, I am a skinny guy. I don't have a deep... It's There's really not much there, you know? <laughs> there's not much there. I can hide things in mine. <laughs> Is it like a cavern of time? <laughs> well, I, I have a belly button fear. Hmm. Nobody can touch my belly button. My belly button is covered. I actually told Adam, I'm like, if I lose all this weight and stuff, I've been on a diet, my folks. If I lose all this weight, I want to get like a tummy tuck because I'm going to have lots of skin. And I told him, because I, like, I watch all these doctors on Snapchat that do it and they like pull their skin down and cut them and have to give them a new belly button. And I told Adam, I'm not getting a belly button. Just be smooth there. Just smooth. Isn't dad's belly button messed up from his hernia surgery? I don't know. My belly button is janked up mm. from my gallbladder surgery. And I remember going to the hospital like like a couple of years ago and the doctor was like, who did this? And he was so disappointed in who did it. And he said that she just like ruined my body and like no qualms against her. But ever since that surgery, my body has been very wrong. Very wrong. Maybe you have a junior mint inside of you. Is that a Seinfeld restaurant? It is. Reference. I just said restaurant quote yeah. because I'm fat and I'm hungry because <laughs> I've been on a diet and I'm not eating as much. I heard one the other day. It's uh, if by meal planning, you mean planning what I'm going to eat next. Yeah, I meal plan. <laughs> oh my God. On this diet, all I think about is food. It's not even a diet. It's just a lifestyle change. I'm just trying not to be addicted to sugar anymore because sugar is all I think about and all I, all I want. I just want what I say. There's one jelly bean. I could snort a line of icing sugar right now as long as the day is. <laughs> jelly beans. Jelly beans. So it's a bad time of year to go on a diet, really, because it's like Easter is in like four days. I know. I saw the Easter basket on mom and dad's counter. It looked fucking crazy. Yeah. You know whose Easter basket that is? Is that mine? Nope. Whose is that? It's mine. Given to me. I hope they don't give me too much candy. I saw there was like Reese cups. Pieces. Fuck. Yeah, man. I love Easter. Easter is can we talk about that one time when mom was in the hospital so so this is my mom goes over fucking board when it comes to celebrations mm. like we're talking anytime there's celebration she gave bags out to every kid in our class yeah um anytime in a celebration we got we got valentine's day baskets and we got easter baskets like fuck do we get like queen elizabeth baskets like we always got goodie bags which was awesome because my mom is like 
the best version of a hoarder yeah but like she loved buying things on sale and she'd have like these giant like bins of like random cool shit to give people yeah but she'd always buy it like say it was easter she'd buy it like the week after easter and then sit on it till next year yeah but it was crazy like do you remember our uh, gift baskets at our birthday parties yeah oh yeah well tell me about one of yours crazy like oh for to give the viewers a depiction here like i remember like walking to school for example where i'd have like a basket like a clothes basket under each arm filled with like 30 bags for our school they were so cool you know and they'd be filled with candy and treats a little toy whatever do you think you're even allowed to do that anymore? Probably not. The peanut allergy thing. What about birthday parties? What were your birthday party grab bags like? Uh, for example, like it's a white, I don't know, like I was going to say milk bag, but a lot of the viewers are American and don't know what milk bags are. It's just like a white bag and then inside it'd be a, a sort of chocolate bars, candies, a small toy. Really? Yeah. Baby Mine harmonica. was crazy. I feel like it's because I was the first child. Mine were bananas. Like it would be a full basket with like a full size doll or teddy bear in it, and like a VHS. And, oops, I'm gonna do and like a whole bunch. Of, like it was crazy. Like mom put so much money into each of these, and I appreciate that. But um, when my mom went to the hospital, she said to my dad, "You're in charge of Easter." So my mom would do this thing where we would you know you know the easter bunny's real but we'll switch <laughs> she would hide our baskets but there would be a trail sorry you, you got to leave the basket in front of your bedroom door yes and then there'd be a trail right from your bedroom door oh no no sorry the easter basket was in the living room downstairs but our bedrooms are upstairs yeah you open your bedroom door there's like eggs like space like two inches apart like from your room down the steps into the living room and then there's a pile of candy where the easter basket was and then the easter basket is hidden somewhere in and the you house. have to find it you gotta go find it which was so fun and sometimes it took us to like a while time to yeah, find it what was the craziest place where they hid yours yeah, I'm trying to think. It was behind the TV one time. Mine was it outside. Was, you know what the jadeite is in now? Yeah. It was on top of that one year. Fuck, that was so fun. And I was a kid. I never would have seen up there. No. But when my mom got sick, my da- my mom was like, uh, you, ha- you have to do this, Zoli. So we woke up in the morning. And this was like one of the saddest memories just because we were so spoiled. But we, we woke up in the morning and we headed down to like downstairs. We followed this egg trail. And we're like following it, following it all along and then it was as if a easter bunny had exploded so he used like all the eggs and then just opened a bag of eggs There's and like left ten, them on the floor like just the simple chocolate wrapped in tin foil like the kind of a bitch to yeah, open no jelly beans it was like just ten thousand chocolate eggs <laughs> yeah that makes you want to cry even though like that's still nice i know but because we're, we're so used because like our easter baskets used to be like an easter basket full of like all the crinkly stuff there'd be a layer of jelly beans a layer of chocolate this 400 fucking reese cups big eggs a huge toy um like a new walkman and new cds and lip glosses like it was it was christmas easter was christmas in our house yeah. and then for there just to be like we sound like such spoiled brats I but know. it's just not what we were used to yeah good times no good times that's how he got revenge on us <laughs> revenge which is today's podcast that's such a good transition category yeah so which i found funny joel came and he's like i did two po- i got two podcast topics for one podcast but he's like i got i got topics and i'm like let's just honestly make this into one because i don't know i feel like we could say some shit uh so the very first thing i wrote down in brackets here describe your own case of revenge if any both given slash taken have you got any good revenge I'm trying to think of ones that I can say that won't get me in trouble. I know. I have one, but I'm not going to say it because well, it's just ch- way too bad. Change it a little bit. Oh, I can't. It's can bad. Us, can you just give us a hint? No, it's bad. 
That's bad. It's so bad. Can you like at least like say who it's kind of about or something? I don't even know. Some random guy who pissed me off. Oh yeah, I mean someone mailed this story in. Tell us the story that someone mailed in. Nah, I can't. No, no I'm trying to think of the ones that I have. <sighs> I don't know what my worst. I can like have like a natural revenge story that felt kind of good. Um, and it wasn't even revenge that I did. It was just kind of I think you know karma. There was this girl when I was in high school. I was in grade nine, and I was like a really kind of goth emo kid. Do you remember? Do I remember? I remember like fishnets and <laughs> I would dry like little broken hearts on my face and stuff. And I was like really goth and emo. And for some reason I was, I was in grade nine first semester and there were these grade 12 girls and we'll call her Ashley. We'll mm. just say Ashley. Ashley was the ringleader. I don't know what it was or what I ever fucking did to Ashley. But for some reason she had decided that because of how I looked I absolutely killed animals. I And she told the whole school that I captured people's pets. I skinned them alive. And then I impaled them on their fences. Jesus and this rumor went rampant. Hmm. Like violently. And she was super pretty. And everyone thought she was going to go places. I don't know. But it was bad. Like it was really bad. And I remember at one point her and her friends trapping me in a stall in my high school at Huron Park lighting pieces of paper on fire and dropping them onto me like they were trying to catch me on fire jesus christ and then um at lunchtime i was like walking home and they threw beer bottles at me and like literally hit me in the head with beer bottles jesus christ so i ended up going to the office and i they pull out the yearbook and they're like who is it i'm like yeah it's ashley and i pointed to her so they called her down before i even left so you're still there so I walk out and she's sitting right there. So she knows that I ratted on her. Of course. But she was like my worst bully. And I ended up actually leaving Huron Park because of that. And mm-hmm. I went to a Catholic high school. But um, years later down the road, I don't know if this is just, you know, there's nothing wrong with working in the fast food industry, but she always worked there. And I got a message about a year ago where she asked me to come to her kid's birthday party because her kid was such a big fan. And it was just one of those moments where it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you not think that I don't remember you trying to light me? It was on just nothing to fire? them. It's just nothing to like, them. Like, you don't even remember that. Like, I was so. I remembered. I just stopped going to school, and mom went into the guidance counselor, who to this day I thank him so much because my mom was like, "No, you need to stick it out," and I was like, "There is absolutely no way." Everyone in this school thinks I kill animals. Which which counselor was it? Um, Zarkovich. No, Mr. Robinson. Yeah, Mr. Ro- yeah, Mr. Robinson. Um, and he just said to her, sometimes you just need to go. She's not going to school. You need to try somewhere new. So then I went to the other thing. And then the other thing, the other revenge is one I haven't done, but I'm always curious if I will, if I would, how I would. But like, I'm just not that kind of person. And like, I've lightly, so lightly, I've told some people the story, but I don't think I've ever publicly talked about it. So guys you want some tea i'm dropping no names at all but i am gonna tell you guys kind of an outline on what happened so (laughs) what come on i know um i feel like revenge has so much to do with broken hearts oh yeah oh i do have a revenge story anyways let's talk about this one first um (laughs) take your time it's hard when you think that you know somebody and you put a lot of trust into somebody and you care about them. And I remember when I first started this TikTok thing, I was around about like a million subscribers, uh, followers or something like that. 
and I had made a friend and she meant a lot to me. Where did you make this friend? Well, she was a TikToker too. Mm. And I felt like we were kind of under each other's wings and stuff like that. And I remember this one time just getting on a call with her. And and it's, it's like, how do I speak about this without just like anyone knowing who it is? Do you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I just need to think of like a delicate way to say it because the one thing that I'm going to say is sometimes people have bad days. Some people, you know, sometimes don't realize what they're saying could be hurtful. Um, I'm not someone who would ever take a fork out of someone's mouth. But it's hard when somebody preaches one thing and acts a different way. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget her sitting on this call with me and telling me that I shouldn't wear a crop top and telling me how big my chins are. And after I had done so much, I thought to, you know, help her and guide her to just absolutely break my heart. And I remember just like knowing she wasn't joking mm-hmm. and she was actually being harsh. And I kind of had to find a way out of the conversation and then after that, she just pulled back so much. And anytime like I'd ask her a question or, or do anything, she would always start with LOL. And I don't know if she was drunk. I don't know what it was, but like it's something that's been continuous. And the weird thing is, is like, I know I didn't do anything to, to start this. I've never been anything but kind because that's who I am. Is, can you stand for that? Oh, 100%. Like that is something where, where I will just, that is not who I am as a person. Hard to go. And... Uh, it's been kind of hard to watch her like her career get bigger knowing that she is the opposite of what she preaches mm. which is really hard but like i wish her well and i i don't think i'd ever go public about it like there's a few people that know and the only reason they know is because after this person you know happened to talk or hang out with someone who publicly we both knew they randomly block me or mm. stop speaking to me so I feel like she's done such a bad thing and she knows what she's done that, you know, when someone tries to make you out to be evil because they feel about something bad they did to you. Yeah. That's what I think she's doing. Yeah. But like, I don't even fuck with it. If someone's going to take what somebody says without talking to me, I'm not interested in being their friend. Yeah. Cause that I am just such a realist. I will treat you as you treat me. Like if someone says this person's shitty, I'm not going to fucking believe them. Of course. Maybe they're shitty to you. Maybe you did something weird or maybe it's like that. Sometimes people's energies just don't mesh together. Two sides to every story. But I really cared about this person mm. and I have a hard time seeing them push a certain image so hard when they are the farthest from that. That sort of loops in with your first, not story, uh, explanation, your history or whatever. How, uh, you know, people use you right yep no matter what people use you like even myself and i don't even have a following people who were mean to me in the past suddenly want to be friends and talk even even me it's and it's it's sad but it's it's the truth and that's one thing you learn in this business is you'll start getting invited places and you'll start you know hearing from the people you wish you could have been friends with but five minutes into it they're like hey can we make a tiktok oh, can, well, we... can you tag me in this make a video blah, blah, blah. can you talk to your sister for me <laughs> like it's weird because like you want to be their friend but you know that like if this wasn't my life i wouldn't hear from these people oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. i think a, a, a revenge that i do have is about my ex mm. remember my other oh, adam i know no names <laughs> no it's fine we've talked about it since then we were totally fine but um i remember so we were dating and i didn't know he had secretly been dating and got that girl pregnant mm. while we were dating and i had no idea about her until one day i'm at his house and she just shows up and he was like oh do you have any money i'm like what and he runs out to my car and pays a 20 dollar cab and i'm like who is this what's going on and he's like oh 
This is they were dating. Yeah. They were dating. And you were at the his house. I was at his house. Hmm. The blue house. Uh, was it blue? Yeah, it was yellow. No. Whatever. Anyways. I, but yeah, and I was like, what? And I like ran downstairs, and I was so pissed. But like the thing was, is the day before his car had shit the bed out front of my house. Like it had fully shit the bed. It mm-hmm. wouldn't start or anything. It was the uh, chip in his key had broken, so it wouldn't run. And I'll never forget getting home and being so upset. And that car was out front of my house. So I called the city and said that it was abandoned and they towed it away. Oh, oh, oh. So that, that was my revenge. Nice. I bet I have a lot of revenge stories, but like, I don't like to like, I don't want, I, I don't want to put bad juju out. Of course. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. My, my problem with revenge. And I even said this previously at work to Dan, like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Someone would say something mean to me and I can't think of a rebuttal, you know, like on the spot, like a minute later, I have like the best comeback yes, ever. I'm but like, and like, I like, Oh, I always, I don't know what's wrong with me. Not quick enough on my feet or whatever. It's, no, there's, it's not that nothing's wrong with you. You're just, you're like not the kind of person that would ever be me. To so have like, bad thoughts. Oh, can we talk about what happened today? What happened at today? the restaurant at the restaurant oh my god said miss woodstock place that we love to death is closing has been bought by new owners there's a new person in the kitchen we could tell because the food's different because we've been going there for 30 years and it was always the same lady and then today our wait waitress right yeah, yeah our waitress is the ser- sweetest person in the whole world oh, i love her helps us all the time so i don't even know her name unfortunately she's the kindest sweetest <laughs> but, super sweetheart we're like checking out like selena's literally using the debit machine and the girl in the kitchen's like and we're conversating we're talking about the restaurant like we're literally talking like the girl in the kitchen's customer like, service like yells out like service or like like order up or something like that or whatever but then the like the lady working there was talking to us and then the girl in the kitchen like yells out again like when i say service you come running but like says it like really like bitchy like yeah and then so i don't know if she was joking so the revenge that i'm gonna get thankfully this podcast will be out after we go here again we're going there tomorrow morning we're going there tomorrow morning i'm gonna say to her yesterday when that happened you talked to her pretty rudely like was that was that was she joking or was she actually yelling at you because i'm gonna tell you right fucking now i don't stand for that kind of shit i never do and i am the kind of person that calls people out in public i'm not afraid to do that i'll record it yeah record it i'm literally gonna say to her the way that you spoke to her yesterday was fucked up she's literally the kindest person Mm -hmm. she's she's running on her feet she's a waitress she's doing everything that she can Mm -hmm. and then like i'm literally gonna give her hundreds of dollars just just be like i can't wait for you to leave here here's the rest of you know your week's thing i think you should walk out right now yeah because no human you should like ask her how no much you human. would make over the three days yeah how much are you gonna out. make in the next three days <laughs> and then pay her out no because think about it the fact that you have a server and you say when i yell like she was doing good customer service yeah and i don't stand for that how many i'm trying to think of other times in public like that man at the car at that church sale when he was being snooty about leaning against the car i swear to god selena was gonna beat a guy up in a church bizarre I was gonna party beat lot. up a 60 year old man his toxic masculinity had gone through the roof Woo, shit was crazy like i am not a mean person but when it is standing up for people who are being treated badly i won't even second guess myself to i this, will lose my fucking mind to this day my parents still call selena the bulldog i'm known as the bulldog the bulldog and it's you know it's a bad and it's a good thing but you know if i I believe in something if i think something's wrong and i it doesn't matter who it is i don't matter if it's my parents or if it's adam or if it's you if i know that something you know can't be misconstrued and is inappropriate i will say what the fuck was that 
what the fuck was that mm. this world is hard enough as it is there's enough bullshit going on in the world the last thing that we need is a literal person saying when i say service you come running yeah ridiculous eat my ass ridiculous so i'm gonna serve up a platter of revenge tomorrow and literally yell at that woman and call her out and yeah record it i will um is regret the opposite of revenge i whatever i have a regret story i want to hear regret. even though we're talking about the topics revenge I yeah just, it like spurred a memory hearing this standing up for people thing. My story of regret is not standing up for someone when the opportunity arose. Oh God, I have those. I played football in high school, right? Yep. And we were playing, it was, I don't know if it was a Friday game or whatever. We're playing a game in St. Thomas. So not my home field. And we got beat so badly, Selena, Selena. Like we lost like 60, nothing or something. It was horrific beat. Sorry. No problem. No, go ahead. Anyways, we got beat horribly, like 60 nothing, And it was an afternoon game. Like, say we started at 1 or, like, at new lunch, just after lunch. So we finished at, like, 2.20. And that was right. I was on the senior team and then the juniors play, right? So the seniors finished first. And we had to, like, walk through the school, like, right when the bell rang and everyone had come out of the classrooms. And we had just lost, like, 60 nothing. And then, anyways, we were in the change room. But the change room was, like, two rooms. Like, my team was in one. And then the other team was in the other room. And there was uh, like a special needs kid in there, and the other team was being really brutal to him. You and I didn't say any. Like I just looked at the ground. Like I didn't say anything, and that's probably one of the biggest regrets of my entire life. I, was, I didn't stand up for a guy, and I knew. And what really bothers me is I knew it was wrong. I yeah. knew it was wrong at the time. I knew it was wrong, and I didn't. I knew it was wrong that I didn't say anything. And the dudes just all fed off each other, right? Oh, of course. And he was trying, and it was, and I. Just got my shit and left. Bro, I live with regret. He was crying and everything. Yeah, oh yeah. I have a story like that too. It was at Huron Park, believe it or not. Weird school. There was this girl and she kind of had weird features and everybody would call her bird girl. And <laughs> but they would like anytime she'd walk by, they'd be like, Kaka like they'd be really oh, mean. That's terrible. And it was my friend group at the point. Like I was trying to fit in and I don't know if I did it or if I just stood by. But she ended up working at like a burger place in town and I went through the drive thru one day and I and I would just I said to her, I'm like, I'm so sorry what happened to you in high school. And I'm so sorry that I just stood by and watched. Because, like, I lost sleep. I've always lost sleep over that kind of shit. And I think that's why I would rather lay in bed and go over everything that I said and yelled at a person for doing something wrong and, like, regret it than not have said something. Than the other end of the pole. Yeah. Totally. No, absolutely. And that's the thing with regret. But we'll save regret for our next episode. Yes, we will. Because this episode is revenge. Revenge. So revenge is a noun. Okay. Sick. Right? It's a thing. First yeah. place thing. It's the action of inflicting hurt or harm on someone for an injury or wrong suffered at their hands. Revenge is best served cold. You know why they say that? Why? You don't want it to happen immediately, and I like that. Wait, give it a couple years. Wow. Give it a couple Is that why years. the saying revenge? Yeah, like give it some time. <laughs> Serve it cold. Bro. I have like I, I have people that like fucked with me years ago and I'm still like on it a little bit. And I'm always like, if the opportunity arises, nothing to hurt them or anything <laughs> bad. Play but, like, bro. Slow play, bro. Did you ever see? I know I quote the office all the time, but I love the office. It's like like Craig Robinson tries to get revenge, but it backfires. He's like, I ain't playing this game no more. <laughs> I'm gonna do one good deed a day. I'm going to church. Like I'm not I'm not doing this game no more. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> all right, buddy. So we have here ten big cases 
of revenge. The concept of revenge is old as history. Almost since the dawn of the written word, humans have had the desire to exact vengeance on others who have wronged us. For example, the code of... Oh my God, Hammurabi? Harumbi? Sure. Rest in peace, Harumbi. The code of law. The remember the yes, eight? I know that. Okay, okay. The code of law from the sixth king of Babylon was implemented in about 1760 BC, making it the oldest recorded set of laws in human history. The code is rooted firmly in the belief for an eye for an eye. In fact, that is almost exactly how the concept was phrased. The code of Harumbi. Haramabi, Haramabi, marked the, Haramabi, I don't know, bro, marked the official beginning of standardized revenge. It informs our way of thinking today. Indeed, our more modern legal system has based on society's ability to carry out revenge against those who break its laws. Yet our thirst for vengeance goes far beyond the social contract. The desires to see harm befall those who wrong us begins on a very personal level within the brain of the victim. Neuroscientists have found that the dorsal ceterium, a part of the brain responsible for reward, also governs revenge. That follows, in no particular order, are ten examples of people where someone's dorsal strata is kicked into overdrive, leading to some of the biggest cases of revenge in human history. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. History. Also, please comment your own stories of revenge. Yeah, I want to, guys. Write me on Instagram. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear the juice. Have you heard Molly just nonstop? Yeah, there must be someone at the door. She has been. (gasps) Amazon. I wonder if it's your earring. 
And my gel Oh my pens. gosh, tell them about your earrings. I'm going to get revenge on these ears. <laughs> your ears are getting revenge on you. Yeah, fucking tell us about Alan Ralski. All right, the first one, number 10, Alan Ralski. In 2003, enough people had access to the internet that spam email had become a problem worthy of national attention. At the heart of controversy was a Michigan entrepreneur named Alan Ralski, who became known as the Spam King for sending millions of bulk emails, come-ons for a variety of small businesses. As a result, some critics of his business model called it Ralski a vermin or scum. Where an article in a local paper spotlighted Ralski's lavish lifestyle, including his 8,000 square foot home. Some of these critics managed to find the Spam King's physical address. In a bid for revenge for all the spam email they'd received through his business, the naysayer signed Ralski's address up for junk mail on a number of sites around the internet. Eventually, thousands of internet trolls propagated the address across the web. At the peak of the revenge scheme, Ralski's home received hundreds of pounds of junk mail every day. In 2009, Ralski pleaded guilty in federal court to fraud for penny stock manipulation scheme. He received a 51-month prison sentence. That's so funny. That's crazy. I like when revenge is funny. A little bit funny. Like when it doesn't hurt anyone. And it's, yeah. yeah. Simple bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Like buying porn subscriptions to people. Oh my god! You know, I saw a TikTok last night. You can sign your friends up to be visited by Jehovah's Witnesses. Just type in the address. You should do that to death. To Thor, my buddy Dylan is. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That's so bad. Please just come in the back here. <laughs> <laughs> just come in the bathroom. Just come in the back. <laughs> Wood has become a lasting legend of Japanese loyalty and revenge, and the basis for a number of films and books is rooted in historical fact. In the Edo period of Japan, samurai served largely as military advisors, landowners, and bodyguards for wealthy noblemen. The samurai's oath of loyalty included an agreement between the samurai and his daimyo noblemen to avenge his master's death. The 47 samurai swore to protect their master, Anso Neganori, and they took this oath seriously. During a 1701 visit to Tokyo, Neganori slashed at another nobleman, Kira Yoshinaka, the result of an unknown dispute of the two. For his transgression, the ruling group decided that Nandori should commit seppuku or ritual suicide, which he did later that day. Nanori's men lied in wait and planned. Two years later, served Kochul, the 47th samurai crept into the Yokoshima's home and confronted him, telling him why they had come and offering him the chance to compete to commit seppuku himself. When he didn't, the ronin removed his head, carried it to the castle where their master was buried, and placed it on his tomb. They surrendered to the authorities who ordered the ronin to also do the same. 46 of the 47 did commit seppuku, and are, there are conflicting stories of the fate of the 47th ronin. He either died or was pardoned. That's some deep shit. Wow. That was like a real weird time in history. They take that stuff seriously. Oh. It's so, it's Japan is not like the word's not crazy like interesting japan's such an interesting place it is especially when you like look into the history it's like the craziest coolest stuff oh like think of all the best movies let's talk about like technology too cell phones computers do you want to go to tokyo 
you know, just for all the followers, our dad spent time in Japan because he worked for Suzuki. They all thought he was Bruce Willis. Yeah, and they might like he's on Fully. the he's on the escalator. There's like some kid in front of him, he's like touching his arm. He's a like, bear, bear, because you know, like some Japanese people aren't that hairy, and our dad's like, like my dad is Hungarian, Hungarian he's right? Like, like, he's, he's got hairy arms. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this one's Saint Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Massacre. When the Protestant Re- Reformation created an entirely new branch of Christianity in the mid-16th century, the Catholic Church smarted from the break for some time. In addition to losing a millennia-old face, the Church risked losing land, power, and funding as a formerly all-Catholic areas began to turn towards Protestantism. This was the atmosphere under which Paris found itself in August 1572. When the city was filled with both Catholics and visiting French Protestants, the two varying groups were in town for the marriage of a Catholic nobleman to a aristocrat. Also, as soon as the Wendy wedding ended, the Catholic French king, Charles IV, decided that the military leader may as well be captured and killed for his trespasses against the church. To ensure that he didn't hear any complaints from the visitors, he ordered all of wo- all of the ones found in Paris to be killed as well. Over the course of just a few days, in which came to be called the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, between 1,000 and 4,000 French Protestants were murdered in Paris. For good measure, King Charles carried the massacre into the countryside, ordering the revenge killings against all Protestants he found in France, leading the murders to between 30 and 100,000 following the initial massacre. Dude. Wow, that's terrible. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 100,000 people being killed. Like, think of that as, like, a stadium size. Dude, dark, like, medieval times. Man, medieval times is such a... Dude, it was such, like, a... How, how is any... How, like, how are we alive? Like, how did our ancestors live? Like, how do we make it through that? Yeah, like, how... I bet, like, the population went way down. Or, like, you know, before modern times, how did anyone survive winter? Oh, we, we live in 2022 and I almost didn't make it through winter. Like, I almost don't make it getting from my house to the car. Yeah, it's where yeah. we live. It's terrible. Yeah. All right. Here's Aaron Burr. I'm going to burp. <laughs> I need those words. Aaron Burr. Also, you did an amazing with those names. Yeah, I do okay. You're like reading an eight. Like there's like think, a little I think pause. I said and them I'm all like, different. How would you read that one? <laughs> like, right? Okay. So I get what you mean. Like. I think I fucked them all up, but that's I tried. My apologies in advance for any name. I yeah, said we're wrong. both gonna butcher that. Neither of us were uh, are good at that. Aaron Burr. There are a few stories of political rivalry in American history, as legendary as that between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. There are a few cases of revenge that are as straightforward as their duel. Burr and Hamilton both served in the Revolutionary Army under Washington. Both had political careers and aspirations for high office, which both achieved, and neither was above underhanded dealings to rise to power. Hamilton is best known as the author of the most of the Federalist Papers and the first treasury of the U.S., but he was also adept at influencing the political outcome of elections and nominations. In his 47 years, he managed to run afoul of George Washington, Thomas Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, mainly due to his backroom deals with underlings who could undermine their power. But it was Burr whose line Hamilton would untimely cross. After he lost the presidency to Thomas Jefferson by a decision Hamilton helped engineer in the House of Representatives, Burr accepted his fate and served as vice president. He went on to run for governor of New York, only to find Hamilton working against him as well. 
Burr had enough and he challenged Hamilton to a duel and mortally wounded him on July 11th, 1804. That's one of those stories where it's like, I'm done fucking with you. We're going to fight this shit out right now. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's like paintings of this famous duel, isn't there? I don't know, bro, but we need to look that up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's paintings. That's cool. It might have been one of the last duels or one of the last big duels. Hmm. Anyways, uh, this one's called Dave Carroll. When the Canadian folk pop group Sons of Maxwell began their tour in Nebraska in 2008. That is the craziest sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> what? When Can- the Canadian folk pop group Sons of Maxwell began their tour in Nebraska in 2008. <laughs> they were disheartened to find from their seats in the rear of the United Airlines flight that baggage handlers were heavily tossing their guitars onto the plane. Upon landing and traveling to a hotel in Omaha, the band found that the, their bass guitar was intact, but a $3,500 Taylor guitar had been broken. The guitar's owner, guitarist Dave Carroll, began what would be a long plight towards reimbursement for his instrument. After nine months of calling customer service and following the suggestions and filling in claims, as well as spending $1,200 to repair the guitar, Carroll's claim was finally denied by United based on several points, including that he hadn't shown the guitars to officials in the first place. So Carroll decided he would exact revenge by recording a series of songs which tamed came to be called United Breaks Guitars Trilogy. He uploaded them to YouTube where they went viral and racked up more than 4 million views in less than a month. Carol's revenge on United may have impacted their company's bottom line. Within four days of their first video's launch, United's stock dropped in value by 180 million or 10% of its market cap. They should have replaced that fucking guitar. This, I love this one. Oh, I love that. I like I feel good knowing that Dave I Carroll love this. Did this. We need to Instagram Dave Carroll, and we need to say I love you. Can we, do we want to talk about our United flights? <laughs> Man, I'm not hating, but from my point of view, fuck United and fuck American Airlines. <laughs> fuck that plane company. Let's let's talk about Air Canada. Smooth, sweet. I good, love you. Good food. I love you. Like. I love you. Canadian beer. They're always on time. The planes are clean. You got big ass seats. I I feel like one time I farted and I swear there was a filter in this seat and like the air came out and it smelled like mac and cheese. Like everything was good. Like United. Oh, man. I don't I have never been on a United flight that wasn't delayed and then caused me to have to stay in fucking Chicago. Or North Carolina. I don't want to talk about it. Where we Where they didn't give us our bags. Oh, Fuck that plane company. <laughs> You've triggered my PTSD and now I feel like I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Take it away. I literally like there's um what's his name? Who's that comedian I love that has a tour bus, Adam? Bert Kreischer. He's not there. Bert oh, yeah. Kreischer has a tour bus because he says fuck planes. I told Adam like I need to get famous famous because then I need to be rich enough that I can private plane everywhere because I can drive your your car right on the tarmac, get on your plane, and <laughs> you're gone. I swear to God, this is the funniest thing in the world. When we're stuck in North Carolina, like Selena's, Adam, Adam, I'm like holding the phone up for all the listeners. Adam, Adam, never again, never again, never again. And she's like, look into a private jet. I don't give a shit how much it costs. Like, and how long? Where now? I have two more trips. We leave at the end of April, and <sighs> I leave in June. Fuck. Oh my God. Where are you going in June? VidCon. Oh yeah, I'm going to VidCon, and I fear that what nobody's that? gonna. Uh, June twenty second. Oh, okay. don't worry, it's after your wedding. Yeah, I'll be back. Then. But Joel, I'm telling you right now, I am scared no one's gonna come to see me. <laughs> Everyone's gonna. See I me. am also scared that I won't have anything to wear. Why wow, you look beautiful? 
after seeing the video guys if you watch today's tiktok like scroll back to like this day we'll see if it's even up it's me riding this lay down bicycle and i've just i've really noticed in that moment that i'm just so thick <laughs> like my legs are small but the center of me like you can tell my body is not meant to carry the weight that it has and my doctor like that's one of those things like i want to make like a whole spoken word thing on tiktok just talking about how like i'm literally as the doctor said i'm dying if i don't lose weight i'm going to die <laughs> very early but it's just so hard because i have a binge eating disorder which oh my god this is my first time i'm saying it in public i have that you know that you see me go fucking ham vegetarian joel's vegetarian i started today yeah i started today i'm like 15 hours in vegetarian i'm proud of you Thank i'm you. gonna help you I'm I'm, help i you. know Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, come on. All right, Dr. Holly Crippen. Revenge is sometimes best served confusingly and possibly from beyond the grave, and perhaps by someone who is entirely or possibly unfairly. Such is the case with Dr. Holly Harvey Crippen, a homopathic doctor living in London with his concert singer wife, Cora Miss Crippen, discovered that her husband was having an affair and announced that she was ready to move on with the couple's money, which was mostly hers. Shortly after, she went missing and was never seen from again. Dr. Crippen told friends that she had fallen ill and died during a series of performances in Los Angeles. In short order, Dr. Crippen sold his wife's jewelry, gave his landlord three months' notice, and set sail with his mistress for a new life in the U.S., Soon, however, Miss Crippen's friend alerted Scotland Yard that they suspected follow play, foul play, and that Dr. Crippen's home was then investigated. A body turned up in the cellar. Of course. <laughs> Dr. Crippen was arrested and convicted of his wife's murder and hanged in 1910. Oh, this is some old oh, in 2007, forensic evidence proved that the remains hadn't been Miss Crippen's. Ugh. In fact, they belonged to a man. Some aficionados of the case suspect that Dr. Crippen successfully deposed, disposed of his wife's remains, but was hanged for her murder based on the remains of someone else. It's possible that those remains belonged to another person Dr. Crippen had murdered. It's also possible that he was wrongly executed. Yeah, but what's he doing with someone in the basement? Yeah, like, why is there a dude in your basement? What'd you do? Like, he killed somebody, right? Well, yeah. How old was the body? Mm. Like, how... Can't, wasn't it pretty easy to tell if it was a dude or a chick by the hips? And, like, the skull in the face? See, I don't know this, but I do only because I've watched ancient Egypt documentaries. Like, a bone person, whatever that's called, like, they can, like, tell by the hip if it's a boy or girl. Yeah. Maybe it was a really small man. Uh, this next one's called Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena. <clears throat> Lorena Bobbitt understandably served as the punchline to late night monologues for some time after she cut off her husband's penis. Yet her story is much sadder and hopefully more than it appears at first blush. 
The former Miss Bob, Mrs. Bobbitt alleges that her ex-husband victimized her using physical violence and even maritable, merit, marital rape as means as maintaining control over her. In 1993, the night she got her revenge, she says John Wayne Bobbitt came home extremely intoxicated and then assaulted and raped her. After he fell asleep, she retrieved a carving knife from the kitchen and used it to remove his penis. She left the house with it, driving some distance at around 3 a.m. before she rolled down her car window and tossed the disembered organ out the car window she maintains she doesn't remember cutting off the penis and her ex-husband was acquitted of domestic abuse charges his penis was surgically reattached they divorced in 1995 as a result of her first marriage lorena became an advocate for victims of domestic abuse she founded lorena's red wagon an aid organization for women who've been abused in 2003 john bobbitt was convinced convicted on domestic abuse charges unrelated to his first wife how did they find his penis i don't know I like, think I actually heard that story. I've before. heard this story. First, that's horrible that he got let go on those charges. But I just want to know, like, how they find his penis. I don't know. But you know what I do know is a true story in the town just that way where I was on the weekend. A guy came into a hospital there and he cheated on his wife. And on his own, he went, chop. And then oh, went I've heard in, of that. Uh, like, re, like, it was like eight months ago or something. And he like went in the hospital like, ah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, next we have Anthony Stockman. In 2006, an Indiana man, Anthony Stockham, was charged with something and murdering a 10-year-old Katie Coleman. It was a fairly airtight case for prosecutors. Red carpet fibers that matched those found in Stockham's mother's house were found on the scene. DNA found on the body and on a cigarette butt nearby matched. If it wasn't enough, an eyewitness saw Coleman riding in Stockman's pickup truck. He pled guilty to avoid the death penalty. The court accepted his sentence and sentenced him to life in prison. Locals watching the case found Stockman too at ease in prison for their comfort in early interviews. This would soon change. He had been transferred to Wabash Valley Correctional Facility, where prison officials hadn't realized Caddy Coleman's cousin was also serving time. Several months after his intake, Stockman turned up in the prison with a fresh amateur tattoo applied to his forehead. It read, Katie's Revenge. Officials looked into the incident, believing that a follow inmate had forcibly applied the permanent tattoo to Stockman's forehead. Love that. Jesus. Like, never do that to somebody, but like, I love that revenge. You know what I mean? Oh. I would have killed him. Like, I don't know if the word is fitting, but mm. I don't know. It's. Yeah. Should have cut that one off. Yeah. This is da Dachau, right? Dachau? Yeah. Is that da yeah. Dachau Massacre. In late April 1945, the waning days of World War II, members of the 45th Thunderbird Army Infantry Division were ordered to take a Bavarian concentration camp at Dachau. The members of the division soon discovered what came to be called the Death Train. 39 rail cars filled with corpses of 2,300 camp inmates lying stationary on the tracks just within the camp's fenced walls. Some members of the division said the sight drove them to commit one of the worst atrocities committed by American infantry troops in World War II. In an act for revenge of their crimes, the civilians found dead and dying in camps. The American liberators of Dachau executed a number of unarmed SS officers who had come to the camp to surrender. The Americans lined up 75 German soldiers against the wall inside their own camp and mowed them down with a machine gun in total 17 were executed at the wall and another 11 were killed elsewhere in the camp the day it was captured army officials covered up the war crime it was only revealed in 2001 after world war ii records were declassified i actually watched a thing about this before and 
this happened at multiple concentration camps. Like they killed all the guards who had surrendered. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure not a single Marine was ever trialed or convicted. Yeah, it's really sad. You know, you always wonder like history repeats itself and it repeats itself. And, you know, we all have our revenge and we have these revenge moments. But like, it's crazy that like there are still camps and there are still things going on in the world. And again, we're not hearing about them, but we're going to read them in our textbooks, you know, in so many years from now. What's going on in Ukraine right now? This isn't a political podcast, though. But No, it's not at all. <laughs> um, it, it's just too scary to talk about it. Like, I like it to be a break. But then, of course, like we do. I'm not the one who sets up these podcasts. Joel is. And we pull in these. He pulls in these topics. You know, it is it is interesting. I feel like it's such a history lesson every time that we do this podcast. But yeah, today is based on revenge. And sometimes, you know. I just like it, like you know, Miss America says. I just want world peace. Yeah. Imagine if we had world peace. If only Could we you had. Imagine? If only we had world peace. There's so many sad things going there on. There is just oh, there's so much. And like being We're mean so to lucky. a waitress who's nice to us. Who's nice to everybody. That's why I get mad about the little things that I can change. You have to. Because there's not that many things that I can change. But if I see a wrong happening, I always stop it. Like I say with you every time, I feel like the universe puts things in front of you and you're supposed to act. Like when we saw those dogs, we acted. When I sat down with my meal and those homeless people were out front, I grabbed money and I grabbed food. Like it's just the universe puts things in front of you when you're supposed to act. Damn straight. Damn straight. All right. Here's our last one. I believe it. No, exactly. We have James Ansley. One can only wish that James Ansley's story ends much more happily, but alas, it concludes instead with his early death. James Ansley was born to a wealthy family in Ireland in the early 18th century, to a vast amount of wealth and noble title. His uncle Richard was determined to inherit James' wealth and methodically dispensed of everything that stood between him and the family's fortune, starting first with James' father, Richard's own brother. Historians suspect that Richard poisoned his brother Arthur. With Arthur Ansley out the out of the way, only James stood between Richard and the family's entitlement. At the age of 12, James was kidnapped by men hired by his uncle and smuggled aboard a ship to America, where he was held as an endured servant in Delaware for 12 years. At 25, he worked off his servitude, took a ship to Jamaica and eventually London, and set about restoring his identity and reclaiming his fortune from his uncle in the courts. He died before he could, with his uncle still in control of the family's wealth. Ansley had his last laugh. However, the decades of court cases dragged his uncle's reputation into the public sphere, where he was decried as a schmear bigamist and a scoundrel. Damn. that's the thing everything that you do in dark always comes to light and that's what my mom said she said never do something you wouldn't want the world to know totally totes it's important to be a good person it's important to be a good person it's important to put your best foot forward it's important to just not be shitty dude right just don't be shitty just don't be shit just don't be shit don't be shit and you know what that does? That brings this podcast to the end. I'm going to end on a final note here. Please never make a permanent decision on a temporary situation because, hey, life is a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, but there's a rhythm that you can't stay in one spot for too long. Always keep making baby steps. Always keep trying to go that way because if people tell you that your dreams are crazy, let me tell you something. When I started my jewelry candle company, first, when I left my factory too sick, everyone said, you're crazy. When I started my candle company, my family said, you're crazy. You shouldn't be doing this. You're going to fail. When I started TikTok, my dad said I was just playing games but you know what I wasn't 
and with the love and the affection and the help of my brother and my husband we have grown a fucking empire and look, you can too look at you now look at us we're doing really good yeah also so, if go you have for any it. categories you guys want us to talk about yeah we want shows about write me on instagram comment on youtube yeah tell us we want that but guys never stop believing in yourself because life is just a game and we're all playing the exact same game and we're all here and you can do it and anything you want to do you can achieve so i love you guys more than anything in the whole world and i believe in you simulation 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 Simulation. all right thanks for watching bye guys bye boo crew The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.